Galatians 5, 22 to 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And then John 15, 1 to 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you cannot do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my word ab words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. It's good to see all of you here this morning on this Sunday worship. We come together every Sunday to worship him because we are here at the very least to acknowledge that we live in his world. God does not live in our world. God is not here to do our bidding. God is not here so that we can communicate and to bargain about what he should do for us. But it's the other way around. This is his world. He has a way of making this world run that we need to see and understand. There is a spiritual reality around us that we must live by. And we understand that this God that we worship, our Father in heaven, is actually a good God. That he loves us. That he will do all things for our good and yes, for his glory. We know that there is a beginning to all of time, but we also know that there is an end. That one day Jesus will return. This is our final hope. And in his return, he will make all things new. A new heavens and a new earth. We as God's people being fully, fully glorified in our full status as humanity. Always loving the Lord, always loving one another, bodies that will never decay. We live our lives today in light of heaven. And in so doing, we have a freedom, an immense freedom and a responsibility ability to show to the world that this place belongs to him.
and that there will be a time when he returns that all people will confess Jesus is Lord. Praise be to him. Praise be to God who has given us this great privilege and love. We move on to a new series this summer. And we're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 24. We just completed a series on doctrine. And doctrine matters. And in so doing, we understand a bit about who God was, who Jesus is the Holy Spirit. We learned what it meant to be chosen by God from the beginning of time. We learned about what it means to be justified by faith, that Jesus' death, basically, um, his death and his resurrection was a substitute for our death, that his obedience to the Lord and his righteousness that he earned is the righteousness that he gave to us. And we learned that the Holy Spirit is the one that comes into our lives and applies these great benefits to us. And it's especially the gift of faith that allows us to understand that that historical moment of Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, that that history belongs to me, that by faith I belong to him. But there's something interesting that goes on about theology. It's not simply about knowing things about God. Theology in and of itself does not save. But theology in practice, in relationship with God. Theology that works itself out in the way that we love him and love one another. This will demonstrate to you and to me that we belong to him. And in fact, without good works, without the fruit of living for God, our theology and our understanding of God is useless and pointless. And so today, what I want to look through in Galatians chapter 5, but especially here in John 7 and John 15, is to look at the source of the fruit. How is it that we are able to bear fruit for God? Secondly, what does this fruit look like? How is this fruit distinct from the fruit of the world around us? And thirdly, what is the purpose of bearing fruit? What is the purpose of bearing fruit? Now, Paul in Galatians commands us to bear fruit. Jesus commands us to bear fruit. And, and this is important because without bearing fruit, we are unable to see whether or not we belong to the Lord. When you look at trees around you, 
some of us like you and me perhaps who do not understand trees very well. We, we look at trees around us and we look to see what fruit it bears. If we see an apple, we go, aha, this is an apple tree. If we see uh, a pear, we go, aha, this is a pear tree. In fact, one of the things I've learned in, in playing Animal Crossing a little bit is that you don't know what tree you just planted until the tree bears its fruit. And in fact, without knowing what the tree bears, most of us are clueless about what tree it is that has been planted. John chapter 15 is very clear about the source of the fruit that, we, that is born in us. The source of the fruit that is born in us is God's choosing of us to be his children. God himself plants his Holy Spirit into our hearts, into our lives. And he makes us into this new creation that lives distinctly from this world around us. And this new creation that is in us bears a fruit that is distinct from the world. But here's the mystery. Not many of us really understand or really know whether or not God has made us new. And there is sort of a... a, a, a uh, a, 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 a tossing and turning in our minds about God. Have you really placed your spirit in me? God, have you truly saved me? Am I someone that belongs to you? And there's a, a test for this that God gives us. And it's very simple. Those who bear fruit belong to me, and those who do not bear fruit do not belong to me. In John chapter 15, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Our duty before the Lord is to test our faith, to test the source of our faith by abiding in him and living according to his commands. If we love our Lord, our desire will be to follow him and to obey him in all the things that he asks of us. 
the branches that do not bear fruit. And God says he cuts off and tosses away. What does this mean for you and I? It means that we can't plant ourselves. It means that we can't work ourselves into being this new tree or this new new tree or this person connected to the vine. It means that in order for us to bear fruit, this gift is completely given by God freely by his grace. And so we rely upon him. We rely upon his love and his sovereignty to plant in us this good work. But there's freedom to that as well, brothers and sisters. There's freedom in knowing that only Jesus can do this in our hearts, that we can't work this out, that we can't work this new heart in our lives, but it's a gift given to us by the Lord himself. Brothers and sisters, go to the Lord. Ask of him, give me this new heart. Give me this new heart to bear the fruit that you have called me to bear. Second point, what does this fruit look like? As we see in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We look at these and we see words with good ethical meaning. The world can say, let us love, and we agree, let us love. The world can say, have joy, and we can say, we'll have joy. We see the word gentleness and kindness, and the whole world raises their hand and says, I want gentleness. I want kindness. But the nature of these fruits are very much distinct from the way the world views these things. And I really want you to understand this well. The fruit that we are to bear that Jesus talks about in verse in John chapter 15 that proves that we are his disciples. And the nature of the fruit that Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5 is very distinct from the way the world sees this. And for you and I, we need to make this distinction so that we understand that we are in step with God's spirit, that we are in step with his love and his love for us. You see, the world can look at this and say, I agree. We should love people. I agree that we should be faithful to people. I agree that self-control is, 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 a, is, is, a, is a great character, um, characteristic to have in your life. But there's a distinction, is there not, for the Christian. For these characteristics stem from 
our salvation in the Lord and our faith in the Lord. And so the nature of the way they look and then the way they're expressed is very different from the way the world expresses it. And in fact, you and I know this and understand this by the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Let me give you an example. We are to love one another. Question this is why do you love each other? Question is when things are difficult, how do you continue to move towards one another in love? Some in the world say, do it only when you feel right. When you feel that love in your heart. When you're able to look at that person and you're able to sort of think through why you should love this person. Why are they worthy of your love? And you try to think of every good characteristic or every good reason why you should do it. And then you go and you go, okay, I've psyched myself up. I've reasoned with myself, I'll go in love. Some of you will love just out of pure fear. And you'll love someone and, and give and sacrifice out of pure fear. All of these, these fruits that might appear to be love can be, at the very worst, very destructive, and at the very best, it be very humanistic. We love because, basically, of self-interest. This is not the same thing as the fruit of the Spirit that God talks about in, in these two passages. Where love comes from is our desire to be like Christ. Where our love and these fruits come from is our desire to be like Him. Our salvation and our love for our Lord is the place where the fruit is born. And we bear this fruit always in reflection of how do I please the God who has loved me so very much and so dearly. Now you might think, and the world will think, that it's silly when we say stuff like this. And you may think it's silly when you hear other people say it as well. But we've got to stop that. There is nothing wrong with saying to people, I'm here and I'm, I want to be helpful. The reason why I'm kind or I'm gentle, the reason why I'll stick with you to the very end is because Jesus was kind to me. Jesus was faithful to me. Jesus had the self-control 
to obey the Father to the very end. The reason why I want, I am bearing this fruit is because of Christ and Christ himself. Our natural dialogue, our dialogue with the spirit that lives in us must follow this format, must follow this pattern that we do all things, that we bear all this fruit because of what Jesus has done for you and has done for me. Say, so, yeah, I understand that with, if you're with your spouse or with your someone, you say, I, I only love you because Jesus tells me to love you. That's not a good thing to do. But you must go back when you spend time with the Lord. And you must ask the Lord, Lord, may your love for me bear the fruit in, in, in my love for others. And there will come a time when the people around you will know that your love for them, that the fruit that you bear around them does not come from you, but comes from God. Another way that you know that you are bearing fruit is not only because we do it out of Jesus' love for us or God's love for us, but because we'll see that the world will not like this fruit. And this is important. The fruit that you bear by the Holy Spirit will not necessarily be loved by this world. If the fruit that you bear in the Spirit is always loved by people in this world, then we've got to ask ourselves a real question. Are we bearing real fruit or counterfeit fruit? Because if every single moment of your time, when you're living ethically well in front of the people in this world, and they can't make the distinction between this fruit of the Spirit and simple moral values, then we do have to ask ourselves this question. The fruit that we bear when we are kind to people it's not the same kindness that the world bears, that the world bears. You see, people who are kind for the sake of worldly morals will be kind at the very best simply to help humanity. And people around them will praise them. But when we're kind, and the character of our kindness is different because we see Christ and we see their need for Christ. And when we say to people, the reason I can be kind is because Jesus has been kind to me. And when we say that, listen, I can forgive because Jesus has forgiven me. When you bear fruit and it reflects on God and what he has done, the world will not like it. 
you've heard me say before in my talks with people about racial injustice and about issues of gender and the, and, the, and the social issues today, a lot of what they talk about, I'm like, let's, I agree with you. Let's, let's talk through this. But in the end, when I say things like only God and only Jesus can restore us fully. When I say things like everyone deserves this because we're all made in God's image, but we're fallen. And it's going to take only a savior to save us. Conversations end. The fruit of wanting justice, the fruit of wanting peace, the fruit of wanting love, they're not the same. And so if God has placed his spirit in your life and has chosen you. And we are to bear fruit in consonant with that salvation. If the fruit that we bear does not reflect the spirit, he will cut us off. But the fruit that we bear, if it resonates with God and resonates with our heart, then God will grow us. We have to know and understand that this fruit has to come and bear from our love of Jesus, Jesus' love for us. And it has to be so distinct in a way that there will be times that we understand that our love is different from this world's love. Our joy is different from this worldly joy. Our patience and gentleness is so different from the patience and gentleness of this world. And so you prove yourselves to yourself that you're a disciple of the Lord. Thirdly, and lastly, what is the purpose of this fruit? And I sort of alluded to this, and, there, and there's two purposes. One is so that you yourself know that you belong to Jesus. Some of us have a hard time of knowing of whether or not we are a believer or not. And there are seasons of dryness. But even in those seasons, we strive to follow and obey the Lord. And when we bear this fruit and are able to see, my goodness, this isn't from me. This is from you, Lord. There's no way I could be faithful to you like this without your spirit living in me. Lord, I'm obeying you, and there's no way I could obey you and following you without your spirit living in me. There's no way I could love my enemy and sacrifice without you having been in me. And I see the fruit, then I realize I belong to a God. If a tree could talk and the tree could look at its fruit, and if an apple tree saw an apple, that tree would say to itself, I'm an apple tree. That's what I am. It's not going to look at the apple and say, I'm a pear tree. It's not going to look at the apple and say, I'm some other fruit tree. If that tree could talk, that tree would see the apple and say, I'm an apple tree. In the same way, brothers and sisters, when you look at your fruit and you realize this is all Jesus, this is all God, there is no way that any human person would do this. There's no way that I would do this. You look at that fruit and you say to yourself, I belong to God. And there's assurance that comes to us in knowing that we are loved by him. And lastly, the purpose of growing this fruit 
is to give glory to our Father in heaven. When the world sees our good deeds, the heavens and the earth rejoice. Even when unbelievers at times see our good deeds, some may even say, you know, I don't know your God, but the way you love, your God must be something else. And the Lord receives glory even in this fallen created order. And the Lord receives glory when you as God's children expose yourself as God's children. And the world sees that God himself is alive and working in this world. So brothers and sisters, over this summer, we'll be looking at ethics, Christian living. How is Christian love and this fruit of Christian love distinct from worldly love? How is Christian joy distinct from worldly joy? How are all these things even more precious to us and even more glorious in us than the world can offer? I dare say that one of the reasons that our Christian lives at times seem so dull and so bland and so hopeless is because we have lost what it means to love him and follow him. We are to have difficulties in our lives. We are. We are to have um, battles in our lives. We are. But we must fight the right battles. The battles for our hearts and for other people. For there we will see Christ alongside of us, battling for the same thing. And in so doing, and seeing Christ alongside of us, our joy will be fulfilled. So brothers and sisters, today was a a bit of an introductory um, sermon today, but I look forward in this summer to unfold and unpack these, these fruit of the Holy Spirit. And may the Lord bless us and encourage us and push us towards obeying and following him for our joy and for his glory. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy once again. We thank you, Lord, that you have done great things. But we also thank you, Lord, that you have applied those great things to the hearts of your people. And so, Lord, now as your people, help us to prove ourselves to be those who belong to you. And help us to prove to the world that you are working to redeem people. And in so doing, Lord, as we fight these right right battles, may you awaken in us, Lord, a, a firm assurance that we belong to you and a firm assurance, Lord, that your kingdom indeed will come. 
So we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy in all things. In your name we pray. Amen.